This is The Reality. Hello again and welcome to The Reality. My name is Dudley Anderson and it's really my pleasure to be with you for the next half hour or so as we talk about the Word of God, changing lives for the good, for good, on The Reality. Just to remind you that I do appreciate emails very much indeed. As we listen up to our program today, if you have any questions or comments, I'd love to receive an email from you. Please send an email to me, dudley at surereality.net. I'll mention that email again later in the program. Whatever happens in the world today, God is sovereign and He is in control. God is in control of world affairs. Whatever happens today or tomorrow, we can trust God to perform His perfect will for all mankind. Today on The Reality, we feature The Reality Bible Special with Pastor Peter Jenkins. Israel is a nation like any other. However, God in His wisdom and His grace has chosen that nation to be His barometer to the world, God's prophetic clock to the world. That is, whatever happens in Israel, politically, economically and socially, it is an indicator of God's purposes for world affairs. God loves His people. As Christian believers, Jew and Gentile, we are called to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Today, Peter Jenkins and I will be examining Ezekiel chapter 36, a prophecy to Israel for them to return to their God and for the land to be restored. As we read in Ezekiel 36 verses 8 to 10, But you, O mountains of Israel, you shall shoot forth your branches and yield your fruit to my people Israel, for they are about to come. For indeed I am with you, and I will turn to you, and you shall be tilled and sown. I will multiply men upon you, all the house of Israel, all of it, and the cities shall be inhabited and the ruins rebuilt. Chapter 36 is all about God bringing the nation of Israel back together again. My granddad said, if you want to know the time on God's clock, look at the nation of Israel. So we are going to consider what time is it on God's clock based upon the prophecy of Ezekiel. So chapter 36 is so important because it's all about God bringing them back to that land. Well, so good to be with uh, Pastor Peter Jenkins once again today on the Reality Bible Special. And we're going to be looking at uh, Ezekiel chapter 36 today, and uh, we're calling it World Affairs. We might come back to this again in, 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 uh, in programs to come, Peter. Uh, looking at world affairs, of course, so much happens in the world every single day, you know, um, internationally, locally. Uh, but we've got to apply God's Word to our lives and indeed to the world. So we're going to be looking at Ezekiel chapter 36 and then uh, later on in, in forthcoming programs we'll look at some more chapters in Ezekiel. But chapter 36, tell me quickly in your words, Pastor Peter, uh, what's it all about? Well, the fact of the matter is, is Ezekiel relevant today? When you consider it was written 2,500 years ago, how can we actually say that something written 2,500 years ago is relevant today? That's what we're going to explore. That's what we're going to unpack. Hmm. Ezekiel prophesies about things that will happen in the end times. And the focus of those things is really on the nation of Israel. Now, the things that he prophesies could not happen until Israel became a nation again. When you consider that Israel, 
from AD 70 when their temple was destroyed and they came under the Roman occupation and there was the Byzantines and the Crusaders and the Ottomans, the Turks, then there was the British. They didn't, there wasn't a nation called Israel until May the 14th, 1948, 48. which actually I was born before that happened. So oh, in, in my wow. lifetime, this has <laughs> happened. So I'm rather excited that prophecy that was written 2,500 years ago has been fulfilled in my lifetime. Wow. And if you are alive and listening to us today, then it's been fulfilled in your lifetime as well. So this is something for all of us to ponder, to consider how something written 2,500 years ago is relevant today. So what's chapter 36 all about? Chapter 36 is all about God bringing the nation of Israel back together again. My granddad always taught me three things. He said, if you want to know what time it is on God's clock, because of course, different people are listening to this program in different nations. So if I said the time here now would be irrelevant to where some of our listeners are because it was a different time scale. My granddad said, if you want to know the time on God's clock, Look at the nation of Israel. Mm -hmm. If you want to know what hour it is, it's the nation. You want to know what minute it is, look at the city of Jerusalem. You want to know what second, look at the Temple Mount. I never forgot that. Wow. That's That was 60 years ago he told me that, and, and I must have a good memory to remember that, but I still <laughs> remember that. So we are going to consider what time is it on God's clock okay. based upon the prophecy of Ezekiel. Okay, amazing stuff. Uh, you know, just browsing through Ezekiel, um, I was impacted by the fact that God watches over his word. Uh, and uh, we read in Psalm 138 that it says in verse uh, 2 that he's exalted above all things his name and his word. You know, talking about Israel, um, in, in, in temple times in Israel, uh, there were no idols in the temple. No. There was nothing, no object to worship because we worship the Lord our God. And it's very plain from this scripture that God has exalted his name and his word. So for the people of Israel and the nations around Israel who worshipped idols, when they looked at the Israeli temple, they didn't see any object because it was the name of the Lord and the word of the Lord that uh, the people of Israel worshipped. Now we... Pastor Peter, you and I as Christians, as believers, I'm not Jewish, and no, I assume neither are you, Jewish, no. but by the grace of God, because of Jesus, who is the Jewish Messiah, we've been, so so to speak, grafted into we that by. So when we apply these scriptures to Israel, we're applying them to the people of God, yeah. therefore also the body of, yeah. of, of Christ, which is you and me, and God watches over his word. We find that out in, in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 12, it says that he's watching over his word to perform it because he's exalted his name and his word above all things. And so in my life, in your life, and in the people of Israel, indeed the world, as we talk about world affairs, it is God is watching over his plans and his purposes for the world. God is in control. See, what's interesting is with Ezekiel's prophecy, it's written in chronological order, which makes it easy for a, a simple-minded Welshman like me to understand it. The book of Revelation is not written chronologically, so you need to study that in great depth to really fully comprehend that prophecy regarding end times. But Ezekiel is written in chronological order, so there's a clear timeline. Uh -huh. So if we look from chapter 36, then 37, then 38, and 39, those are chronologically in order. So if we can find out where we are in this prophecy of Ezekiel now, then we will know what's going to come next. It's very simple, really. So chapter 36 is so important because it's all about God bringing them back to that land. Now, when you consider from AD 70, for nearly 2,000 years, they weren't in the land. 
They were scattered amongst the nations of the world. The Spanish Inquisition, the Diasporas, as it was called, they had no homeland, scattered amongst the nations of the world. This is after the uh, the, the Romans destroyed After the Romans destroyed Jerusalem. the temple in AD 70 and the oppression took place, there were some uprisings, but ultimately they were scattered, no homeland for 2,000 mm. years. They, there was no nation of Israel, didn't exist. So when God says, I'm going to bring them back from the north, the south, the east and the west, okay, how is it going to happen? When Mark Twain went to what is called Israel today in 1859, he said it was a desolate place. Nobody could live there. Do you know it hardly rained for 2,000 years? Hmm. It was desert. There was nothing growing anywhere. And yet when we read this prophecy of Ezekiel, the desert is going to blossom. It's going to be amazing. The trees are going to blossom. Hmm. Everything is going to come alive again. How is it going to happen? It hadn't rained for 2,000 years. There's nobody there. It's all swamps and marshes and mosquitoes. And yet, <laughs> yet this prophecy 2,500 years ago says that sometime God will bring the people back and Israel will become a nation again. So during that time of desolation, after AD 70, yeah. before the uh, the rebirth of the nation yeah. of Israel, uh, for anybody living there, indeed for any Jew in the world, what was his outlook? He must have been in, in despair thinking all is lost. You know, perhaps they didn't know the words of the prophet. What would have been their their, their emotions and, and Even and if they known the words of the prophecy, you and I both know that hope deferred makes the heart sick. If you were hoping for something and it doesn't happen, and then it takes long and it still hasn't happened, you begin to believe it will never happen. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that there was a sense, you've used the word of despondency, I'm sure discouragement, even despair. Will this ever happen? You know, we've waited and waited and waited. Let's have an example of the Lord's Prayer. We've been praying the Lord's Prayer for 2,000 years, the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. What have we prayed for, Dudley? We prayed, your kingdom come, your will be done on mm, earth. Mm. Has that been answered yet? No. <laughs> so do we keep praying it or give up? That's a good analogy, really. Absolutely. So they were waiting all this time for this prophecy to be fulfilled right back to the time of the first temple that was built 500 years before Christ by Solomon. That temple that was destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar because Ezekiel and Nehemiah were contemporaries of that time, and Daniel, these are prophesying that something will happen in the end times. When it would be, they could not say. Mm -hmm. But there were certain things that would happen, and they're all seeing the same things through the same prophetic lens. And we are just having a brief look at what Ezekiel could see. Begins in Ezekiel 36, when God brings them back and restores them as a nation. When the British pulled out, after it had been made a British protectorate, and Winston Churchill actually annexed Jordan, which was the East Transjordan, it was called. He sat with a pen, and he drew a line, and he annexed Jordan, and Transjordan became the Kingdom of Jordan. Even that land actually belongs to Israel, according to the covenant that God made with Abraham. So there yeah. we are with Ezekiel 36. God's promise to bring them back, to restore them as a nation, because everything that follows after chapter 36 in Ezekiel relative to the nation of Israel could not apply until they become a nation. Mm, mm, mm. That's pretty obvious, isn't it, really? Mm. How could it apply to the nation if it didn't exist? Mm, mm. And for 2,500 years, back to the Babylonians, then you had the Medes and the Persians, and you had the Greeks, and you had the Romans, then you had the, the Byzantines, the Crusaders, and you had the, the, the Ottomans and the, the Turks, and you had the British... 2,500 years they've lived under oppression. Mm. Today, 
They're living in their own land under their own government. Mm. This is a miracle in itself. It's a miracle. You know what's another miracle, uh, Peter, is uh, you mentioned just now that um, during those um, desolate days, mm. uh, that land was desolate. Oh. It was arid. It was dry. It was desert. Uh, nothing grew there. Nothing. Uh, the prophet Ezekiel in uh, chapter 36, verse 8 says this. But you, O mountains of Israel, you shall shoot forth your branches and yield your fruit to my people, Israel, for they will come to me. And uh, I've been to Israel, too. It's a beautiful country. And it is lush. It is lush. There are some desert areas down in the Negev, but that's Mm. part of the nation. But generally, the nation is lush. There are plantations, there are fields, they are producing crops. It My is Lord. flourishing. That's a fulfillment of this very prophecy. Israel today is the second largest exporters of citrus fruit in the whole world. Wow. That's just amazing. It was desert. <laughs> From 8,000 square miles. It was miles. desert. There was nothing there, right? I mean, they are so innovative. They even make the desert blossom, It's un- which is what Isaiah prophesied. Isaiah. Judah will blossom and bud to fill the whole world And that's with just fruit. a phenomenon, you know. We, we, we're talking about Israel, and it's a nation like any other nation of the world, and our objective here is not uh, to, to, to promote any nation above another Far nation. Not at all. We're just going on what the Scripture says, and the Scripture has prophesied, as we've just read, that this part of the world would flourish once again because the purposes of God prevail, Peter. Ezekiel 36, say to the house of Israel, says the Lord God, and this is not my words or your words, this is the Bible and and we believe the Bible. We're just sharing what the Bible says, not making any other political statement. I don't do this for your sake, but for my holy name's sake. So God is declaring that his reputation was at stake because he'd made a promise. That promise was not dependent on Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, or even on the nation of Israel. It was dependent on God. Mm -hmm. When God confirmed the promise, Abraham was asleep. So God confirmed the promise with himself. And God is saying he's not doing this because Israel is better than any other nation. He's not doing this because Israel deserves it. He's doing it, Ezekiel 36, verse 22, for his holy name's sake, which his name had been profaned amongst the nations. What is God saying? The nations are saying, where is your God? Mm. I thought your God was the was Jehovah, the one and true mighty God. Where is your God who's allowed you to be thrown into such disarray, who's allowed you to be scattered among the nations? Where is your God? Mm. So Ezekiel 36, God declares, I'm doing this because my reputation is at stake. That's profound. That's profound. And this is an incredible discussion, Pastor Peter. Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to take a little break. Be back after this. You're listening to The Reality, produced by Sure Reality, a listener-supported radio ministry. We depend on the generous gifts of our listener to produce this program. You can help reach millions of folks with the sure reality of the message of Jesus by becoming a Sure Reality Vision Partner. To partner with us, please visit the website surereality.net and click on Become a Vision Partner. Hello, thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Dudley Anderson. You're listening to The Reality, our half-hour talk show talking about the reality of life as found in Jesus Christ. If you've been listening up and you have some questions, I'd love to receive an email from you. Write to me, Dudley, at surereality.net. Perhaps you'd like more information, or perhaps you'd like me to pray with you. Again, write an email to me, Dudley, at surereality.net. 
On Today on The Reality, we're featuring the Reality Bible Special with Pastor Peter Jenkins, getting into the Word of God and getting the Word of God into us. We're discussing world affairs from the perspective of biblical prophecy about Israel in Ezekiel chapter 36. Pastor Peter has explained how the people of God had become dispersed over the whole world after the destruction of Jerusalem and the Temple of God by the Romans in AD 70. The Jews were scattered to the nations, and Israel became a desolate and a barren land. But 2,500 years ago, Ezekiel prophesied that God's people will return to the land promised by God to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In 1948, Ezekiel's prophecy came true. Israel was reborn, and the Jews began flocking back from the diaspora to the Holy Land. Not only did God's people return to their home, but the land itself was blessed by the fulfillment of this prophecy. A previously desolate and barren desert began to flourish and produce fruit. Israel today is the world's ninth exporter of tropical fruit. A miracle. We continue to chat today with Pastor Peter Jenkins on the Reality Bible Special, discussing Ezekiel chapter 36 and what it means to us. Well, we're talking about uh, Ezekiel chapter 36 today on uh, the Reality Bible Special, and with me in the studio is Pastor Peter Jenkins. So good to have you, Pastor Peter, once again, getting into the Word of God and getting the Word of God into us. We've been discussing about how... um, Israel is, is God's people. God uh, promised Israel a portion of land in the world. Uh, and then um, Israel was dispersed after AD 70 when, they, when the, the Romans uh, overthrew Jerusalem and yeah. burned it to the ground. Yeah. You know, just going back a little bit to uh, something I read in that chapter, uh, I won't read the whole thing because it, for the sake of time, but it says um, that the house of Israel, Israel dwelt in their own land and they defiled it by their own ways and deeds. Um, was Israel guilty of idolatry and sin? Why did God? Why did they have to, you know, desert the land? Well, in fact, God says in Ezekiel thirty-six, "I'll gather you from all the countries, bring you into your own land, and I'll sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean and cleansed from your filthiness and from all your idols." So God is saying, "I'm doing this because I promised I would." This is the God we serve. We have a faithful God that even when we are faithless, he remains faithful. Mm. We have a beautiful picture of this in the book of Jeremiah where Jeremiah goes into the potter's house and he watches the potter working at the wheel. And in a way, we're all the clay that God is forming and fashioning. The Bible tells us he saw us even before the foundation of the world. God, Mm. I want to say this to every listener now, listen. Before the foundation of the world, God knew you would be alive today listening to this program. This is an amazing thing, right? This is not a coincidence. This is not by chance. God planned before the foundation of the world every day of our lives. That's what the psalmist tells us. All our days are written in God's book. So this is for some a very, very important message now. What happens when we make a mistake, when we mess up? What happened to Israel when they messed up? They went after I Did God give up with them? No. Jeremiah says that the potter was working at the wheel and the pot got marred and misshapen. And if you ever tried to work on a potter's wheel, it's a mess, right? I mean, <laughs> I just got covered in mess. I wouldn't even try. It was, it was just a mess. And I just ended up sticking my finger in the middle and calling it a rock. I didn't know what else to call it, right? No, the potter isn't like that. When the potter picks up the clay, do you know what, Dudley? He already knows what he's going to make from oh, that lump of clay. Yeah. He's not surprised. But, oh, look at what I've just made. He knows exactly. He even chewed 
uses the right clay to make that pot. How amazing. God chose you. God made you mm. before the foundation of the world because he has a purpose and a plan for your life. And we all mess up. All we like sheep go astray. Israel is a nation that is a message to every other nation, to every other human being. God makes promises to us. We mess up. Mm. Thank God he's faithful. Amen. When we mess up, when the pot gets marred on the potter's wheel, do you know what? He doesn't throw the clay away. He starts all over again. Yeah. He's done it in my life. Praise God. He's done I? it in your life. Absolutely. And I dare to say he's done it in many people's lives listening to us right now. Yeah. And it may just be that there are people listening to us that he's doing it right now. Absolutely. And it's never too late. Never you know? too late. Uh, because as I have often said, God knows the plans he has for us. That's in Jeremiah. Yeah. He knows the plans. It, the truth is, it's God who knows the plans he has for me. I don't <laughs> I don't know God's plans. Therefore, I've got to look for them. I've got to track them and seek God's plans. But because he knows the plans he has for me, he's watching over those plans for his sake. And I'll draw us again back to our scripture in, in uh, Ezekiel 36, verse 20 says, 22 says, I do not do this for your sake, O house of Israel, <laughs> no. but for my holy my name's sake. Exactly, sake. because God is God. We are just the clay. He's the potter. And, you know, there's something in that script you've just quoted that, that most of us don't see. I know the plans. It's not a plan. If it was one plan <laughs> and we messed up, what would happen? Oops. <laughs> but God's got an incredible divine sat-nav that he, that he recalculates, right, that when we take a wrong turn in, aren't you glad he gets us back on track? I think I back on that. track. I like that. Absolutely. He gets us back on track because I know the plans I have for you. That's right. I thank God. That he didn't give up with me. Thank you, he Jesus. He doesn't throw the clay away. He didn't give up with Israel. They went into idolatry, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. But he'd made a promise, and our God is a covenant-keeping God. Because he's watching over his word. He's watching over it. his word. <laughs> you know, we, we get so caught up with our importance <laughs> or Israel's importance. It's yeah. got nothing to do with Israel or nothing, you, no. Pastor Peter, or me. No. It's everything to do with God himself, because he is sovereign. And, and it's his ends and his purposes that prevail in our lands. It's God's watching over his word. Chapter 36, verse 34. The desolate land shall be tilled instead of lying desolate in the sight of all who pass by. They will say, this land that was desolate has become like the Garden of Eden. Unwasted, desolate, ruined cities are fortified and inhabited, and the nations which are left will know that I, the Lord, have rebuilt the ruined places and planted what was desolate. The Lord has spoken. What an amazing thing. He takes desert and turns it into something that is so beautiful. Mm. He does that in our lives. What was I like before I gave my life to Jesus? What were you like? What were our listeners like? Mm. He takes broken vessels and mm. he doesn't throw them away. Mm. Mm. He refashions them. He reforms them into something that can bring him praise mm. and glory. What a wonderful God. What a wonderful. And this is, this is a word, I believe, uh, Peter, as you were talking, I believe that Holy Spirit just dropped this in my heart. Maybe there's somebody listening to us today. Perhaps you've, you've just tuned in. Perhaps you found us on the radio, maybe listening to the podcast online, uh, and you, you're hearing us go on and waffle as we are. <laughs> but every now and again, there's a little chord that is striking in your heart, and you think your life is in a mess. You feel like you were like Israel was before God restored the nation, and we've just described how Israel is flourishing, the nation, the land. God wants you to flourish. Hear me, hear me clearly. The Lord wants you to flourish. Mm. He wants your fields to, to blossom. He wants your life to be a blessing, not only to you, but to those around you. 
But as Israel had to do, it says in the scripture that uh, uh, the Lord called them to humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways, hear his voice, and follow his plans for for their lives. The Lord wants you to do that. He wants you and me and Pastor Peter to humble ourselves, turn from our wicked ways. Come on, turn from our wicked ways and get our eyes fixed on Jesus. Do that today, and I know that your land, your life will flourish. God's got a plan and a purpose for you, and he wants you to flourish. But we need, you and I need to turn from our, 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 our wrongness in life to follow God's goodness. Amen. Good stuff. Amen. I mean, this is the wonder of of it all, really. He increases, we decrease. As long as we remember, we are the clay, and he is the potter. The clay never tells the potter what to do. Mm -hmm. It's always the other way around. Always the other way around. Never forget that. Absolutely. Don't tell the potter what he should do. Allow him to have his will in your life, and you'll be amazed by what God will do. Praise God. So, getting back to our thoughts about Israel. Uh, By God's design, no man's design, in 1948, the nation came back together. As you, in your words, uh, Pastor Peter said, got back on track. Yeah, got back on track. May the 14th, 1948. In your your opinion, what is God's purpose for, for Israel and the nations of the world as we face calamity in the world today? Israel is God's prophetic clock to the world. If we want to know what time it is on God's clock, you see, all end-time prophecy is a, involves Israel. It involves Jerusalem. You can't get away from it, right? If you, wa- if you want to take Israel out of end-time prophecy, you'll never understand end-time prophecy. Israel is the canvas on which God paints all end-time prophecy. And I really, really am convinced of that, that Israel is God's voice to the nations. He chose that nation to show every other nation what kind of a God he is. He's a faithful God. Why do people, why is there so much anti-Semitism? Why is there so much hatred towards that nation? And you go back through history and you, you can't dispute that fact. It's, it's so sad, but then why do we treat God the way we treat God? God loves us, for God so loved the world. He sent his only son, yet we curse him, blaspheme him, turn mm. our back on him, walk away. Well, all God wants to do is love us. Mm. Same with that nation. All God wanted to do was make that nation a blessing to every other nation. Yes. So when the world turns against that nation, they're stopping God blessing them. Yes. It's crazy, Dudley. It's crazy. God's plan is to bless us, and yet we make it so hard for him to bless us. Yeah. Why don't you just open your heart today and let God have his way, because all he wants to do is bless you. All he wants to do is bless it's you. It's amazing. Praise God. One last thought, and talking <laughs> about watching Israel and prophecy, uh, Peter, and there's so much going on in the yeah, world sure, today, man. wars oh. and rumors of wars and floods and natural disasters. Is Jesus coming soon? He certainly is. With all of my heart, Jesus said, he, he said, I'm coming again. Yes. No, he either tells lies or he says the truth. This same Jesus that left the Mount of Olives is coming back onto the Mount of Olives. It's in the Bible. It's so clear. Jesus is coming soon. And as scripture says, encourage one and another encourage with these words. Yeah, with the, with the truth of God's word. Jesus is coming. It's amazing. Pastor Peter, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Next month, we'll continue to look at some of these chapters in Ezekiel. Thank you. Well, today on The Reality, we've been featuring The Reality Bible Special, coming to once a month on The Reality with Pastor Peter Jenkins. Today, looking at Ezekiel chapter 36. Incredible stuff.
As I was listening to Pastor Peter today talking about how God is restoring Israel, I began to think personally, perhaps God is doing it in my life and in your life today. Maybe God is restoring you. He wants to take those desolate parts of your life and turn them into a flourishing, fruitful land. God is calling you and me to humble ourselves and turn from our wrongness in life to follow his goodness and serve him with all our hearts. If that's you, pray with me. Father, we come before you right now, and I pray that you touch my dear listener. Lord, as we turn our hearts to you and open our hearts, Lord, and ask you to flourish our lives, forgive me for the wrong in my life, Lord, and help me to serve you with a whole heart and a humble heart in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, if you prayed with me and you'd like to pray some more, I would love to hear from you. Drop me a note, dudley at surereality.net. The Reality is produced by Sure Reality, a listener-supported radio ministry. You can help us produce these segments to impact lives around the world by becoming a vision partner. Partner with us at surereality.net and click on Become a Vision Partner. From me, Dudley Anderson, to you as always, keep your eyes on Jesus. God bless. God bless.